behavior bitches. Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey, and we are here with episode 114. Guys, wow. we're running out of rhymes. And a lot of people want us to run out of rhymes, so hopefully we just like stop them someday. But not today. Not today. We are <laughs> I've got a good one. <laughs> what do you have for us, Casey? All right, guys, I know you're driving in your car right now. It's a Monday morning and you are, it's all you've been waiting for. I'm telling you this rhyme. One, one, four. You can do art on the floor. Me. Whenever you say a bad one, I notice I start meowing. It's like this weird response. Yeah, I no, because uh-uh, I would say you have two different responses. Okay. Mm-hmm. The one when we just, uh, our other episode you go meow when it's a good one and you go meow when it's a bad one. <laughs> I don't know where these come from. I, like I, it actually brings me back to like college when I got stoned one time and it was like, I like was like meow, <laughs> meow. And I like don't even like cats. It was just a. Oh, you're saying it in all different tones? I don't know. It was like <laughs> meow as like a response, like <laughs> I don't it's know. almost like it's like that's that's hot, but you're like, yeah, wow. exactly. I, I, okay, I know what I'm gonna start doing. Rough, rough. <laughs> okay, here we go. This is good. <laughs> this All right, guys. Way weird. Way weird. Let's start today with a review of the day. All right, review of the day. This is coming in from Laz Tram. These usernames are so interesting. It was called Reinforcement. Five stars. Thank you. All y'all haters with one-star negative Nelly reviews, swipe left. If you have nothing nice to say, stay away. <laughs> Love you, ladies. You make ABA easy to understand, therefore easy for me to apply with clients and families. Keep up the good work and fun podcasts. And it ended, which I didn't even notice, a cat, a little cat emoji. I think it looks just like my cat, little C. And then my other cat, Grady, cut my face up today, this morning, jumped on my eye, and I have, like, a black eye, and it's, like, cut, um, and... Liat's words when I said to her what happened this morning was you should just euthanize him <laughs> like what the actual f would you say that to someone who loves their animals so much like I did they're my babies no, like, it I was a children. joke it was a joke I know you're like really leaning into the cat lady thing lately so I was like I've got a cat I'm cam gonna- now guys I got a cat cam so I can watch the cat sleep all day when I'm in my office even though I only work like a two-minute walk away um yeah I know I'm really leaning into it I'm owning it yeah, I know. So that's why I thought it was funny to like try evoke a reaction and say like, why don't you just euthanize it? Like as a dramatic response to the cat scratching you, you know? I know, I know. I was like, you're lucky Matt didn't hear you. Harry doesn't like you. He already hates me. <laughs> All right. Anyways, you guys are excited for today's podcast. Um, I'm going to butcher her last name, but um, I might just say her first name and let her tell you her last name. Um, but anyways, we have a one of this is probably um right up Liat's alley. Yesterday Liat had an ice day in Dallas. I can't even believe that because right now in New England we're getting a complete blizzard and everything's open, but they get like under 20 degrees and everything closes. But she was doing art all day with her niece and Kobe and her mom. And that's just so up Liat's alley. Um and I am over here with my bank pen still. So that's like about as Actually, far as I just I sent you by the way, I just ordered you on Amazon um a new pen that I like. I'm pretty sure it can make anyone's handwriting look good. It's that good of a pen. Is it? I sent you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Wow. It's that's $8.50 so for two. Are you taking it out of my paycheck? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> can I just go towards like professional development or something? 
Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. All right. So Natasha, that's her name, Natasha. And she has a background in fine art and behavior analysis. And she is a BCBA, just so you guys know. Um, she, I'm going to do a quick little bio that I just literally pulled up online, probably not even up to date, but who knows. She brings a unique intervention approach to facilitating emergent learning, functional communication, and cultivation of creative behavior known as aesthetic behavior, or in other academic settings or disciplines, they know this as creative intelligence or creative thinking. So Natasha, that was probably the shittiest bio ever, because it really actually says nothing about you, except <laughs> that your behavior analyst is more towards your like product, but... Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Finally, finally on. Oh, it's been like forever. I think that yeah. like we like been waiting. So yes. I know. So much stuff going on. And no one sees this right now, but Natasha's um a badass and she's actually in her car. <laughs> like I think she's on her lunch break. And we've never had a podcast with someone in their car. So I, I'm digging this. Sorry. <laughs> no. Oh my God. No. I think it's if you can podcast in a chair, you can podcast in your car, you can podcast in a tree. You can podcast. Especially with pretty easy podcasts. <laughs> you can podcast <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> you're, welcome. you're welcome, Alan. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, all right. So, yeah, actually, like, tell us more about who you are. Who is Natasha? Sure. Um, well, before I came into ABA, my full-time job was an artist. I was, I started my career about 2002 when my youngest boy was about two. So I had two boys at the time. I married really young. I actually, there's so much to this story that I, I haven't told everyone yet. Like I've come from like a religious extremist home. Um, Tell us all now. Wow. What? loves this shit. Oh my God. So just like quick, quick uh, preface here. My dad's been on the discovery channel for his exorcism story. Um, He, I, I, I was, I grew up in like an evangelical home. My mom, thank God she's sane, like normal, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, not to get too much into it. Cause I don't yeah. want to bash my family or anything no, like that, but like I grew up in a pretty extremist home. We weren't allowed to celebrate Halloween. Um, we weren't allowed to do certain things, watch certain cartoons, eat certain foods, play with certain toys. Right. So, mm-hmm. and, and on top of that, we didn't have a whole lot of money. We, we grew up in a really, really rural town. So hard to say. Yeah, um, really rural <laughs> rural town and my mom's side of the family were very creative like my mom's a painter my my grandpa was um a woodworker my grandmother was a painter and they all did art and writing and singing and so did I um so that was like my form of entertainment because I didn't have a whole lot to do I didn't get to do extracurricular stuff when I was, when I was a kid um and also I wasn't allowed to do half of the shit that the other kids got to do so I was mainly immersing myself in drawing from a very young age. I was obsessed with um, comic strips, the Sunday paper. Um, my grand, my grandmother had when we went over there. I would read that and obsess over it and kind of copy the the characters. Anyway, eventually, I was obsessed with Disney and wanted to be an animator for Disney. Um, spent um, a good amount of my time preparing a portfolio. When I was nine, I sent them a letter, told them I want to work for them, and so they sent me. They were really cool about sending me like the requirements that I would need from high school and college. So I was like, Oh, you guys That's took me rad. seriously. Yeah. So fucking rad. So, so cool. I took it very seriously. And I, I took every art class I possibly could throughout high school. I took things twice because there wasn't enough, you know, options out there for me, did all the art contests, anything I could get my hands on. Um, but soon into like the, the end of my senior year, 
Um, I kind of was like forced to be a participant of my church and I wasn't really quite like interested in that. I was more of, um, I would consider myself right now an agnostic, but, um, is that like an atheist? No, it means there's a higher being. You believe there's a higher being, but you're not like prescribing to one religion. Yeah. Like if there was evidence or something, I'd, I'd be interested. Absolutely. But because there's not, I mean, Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm always hopeful. I got, I got some other, so many other stories there too. Um, oh God, let's not get into that. Um, but I, I started to get involved with the church because they, they had music and they, they let, let us do drama. And so I, I led a dance team and I led the drama team and I led the worship team. And I was part of like right. the, the band doing the lead singing and all these things. Um, it wasn't until later on. This is into... so cute. <laughs> there, there was a lot. I was, I was just very um, passionate about the arts. Yeah, I would definitely say I was innocent then, um, naive maybe. And uh, I got married really young. Had my two boys by the time I was nineteen. Like, got um, married through the church and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like my first boyfriend ever. I married, and then. It, it, I was always obsessed with entrepreneurship. So that's how I ended up falling into, I'm going way too far into the, the deep. No, I here. love this. I okay. love good. <laughs> I, I fell into, um, I started obsessing with everything eBay at the time. That was, was like 1997. So I joined eBay. I joined PayPal when it started and I started learning how to sell art after I was actually obsessed, like bidding on guitars I couldn't even afford. Like I was fucking <laughs> bidding on guitars I couldn't even pay for. I didn't have any money. I didn't have a job. <laughs> I just wanted these fucking guitars. And thankfully I never won because I'd be in trouble with my dad. But um, I later realized, you know, people were selling their art on eBay. Um, the first artist I come across, she's really big now, um, extremely talented. Her name is Jasmine Beckett Griffith. She's this fantasy artist. But I found her when she just started on there and it blew my mind. Like, I couldn't believe you could actually represent yourself. I thought you had to be like an established master or something and being in a museum. I didn't know. (laughs) I was so naive. I didn't know anything about anything. Um, So I started listing my artwork online through eBay about 2004 while I was doing college for graphic design with the goal to become an animator. Um, And it ended up being really, really successful. So I quit going to school for a while. I thought that was great. I could stay home because, you know, my youngest, we were starting to see signs of autism. Mm-hmm. Um, he was really struggling, like perceptive behaviors and tantruming and for three hours straight and crying and screaming, no communication form of any kind. He couldn't talk to us about seven or eight. Um, and my older one, we didn't even realize that he had a form of autism until later on because his were, were more social deficits and things it like that. So so different so different here here um my then husband he got diagnosed at 40 so <laughs> wow yeah made a lot of things make sense yeah like but, hello um, wow holy shit so it was uh it was really difficult time so being home with them it just made more sense so i was working on that full time was very successful and then for the next you know 10 15 years i ended up being full time Um, And I started jumping on things because I was an early adopter. So I was really into video blogging before YouTube came out. I was video blogging in 2004, early 2005. And YouTube didn't come out till I think late. You're like a trendsetter. Yeah. Yeah. Back then we called it, I think we just called it early adopters or something like that. (laughs) Like we had to go on archive.org and upload our video to put it on our blog. 
So it was like a long process. Um, Wait, but you were allowed to be on the computer? Yeah, that's the thing. I, I was allowed to be on the computer. Yeah, there was a lot, all kinds of weird, like gray areas in our our faith. It was, uh, yeah. So you were working 10, 15 years on <laughs> graphic yeah. animation? Yeah. So, yeah, so I ended up never going back to school for that. Um, working with startups. And, Were you um, on like Skin Wars or something? Yes, I was on the TV show Skin Wars Fresh Paint. It was like a spinoff with RuPaul. That's so cool. So yeah, that was later on. And as I was like actually going to school for um, psychology, I originally, I went back to school about... Wait, like how like because you look really young now. Like how young <laughs> were you when you got married and went to school and then back oh to school God. and then like... Like well, 12? she said she had two kids before she was 19. Yeah, yeah. I, I got married three months after I turned 18. Wow. So as soon as I turned 18, I was like, we're getting married now. And then um, really it was a combination of things. And then by actually really by 20 was my younger boy. Sorry, 20 more. Yeah. Um, 23 is when I started my art business. And then I think it wasn't until I was like 34, 33, maybe 30. I don't know it. Age does not, not matter. Math. I'm not good at it. I think math. Leon's just saying, like, wow, you have accomplished a lot and you look like you're our age. So <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I did a lot of stuff, a lot of things, startups, marketing, um, a lot of e-commerce and public speaking, TEDx, all these things. Um You've done a TEDx? Well, I've been asked to do TEDx so many times, and because I'm so like I have social anxiety, mm-hmm. I've I've dropped out every single time and the last one i said could i just paint could what i just live paint and so what do they, they want you to paint? talk about um to talk about um just the topic of entrepreneurship or like representing yourself or going for your dreams or something like that that was always the topic they wanted me to talk about um i've done that at other places like south by southwest um some other conferences i've done panels and things like that but tedx was like daunting so Every time I've accepted it and then declined later because I was like, I can't fucking do that. I can't even. No <laughs> I, way. I'm, I'm challenging you. You can do it. <laughs> I thought about it. Okay. I thought about re reapproaching that again because of how much behavior analysis has changed my life and how much has actually improved. Dude, you could help disseminate the science better. Yeah. Yeah. And it it's definitely helped me as an artist. There's so much to it. Like, but I, I went into to school to finish and just go go do an art education degree teach art um, I was starting to get tired and kind of burnt out from the art career thing and just trying to make it consistent and make it work and mm-hmm. I, I was newly married and I had the opportunity to do other things but it was just going to require a lot of travel my kids were getting older and and he's got kids too so together we got like a Brady bunch so it just was getting more complicated and I just wanted something a little more stable so I I went back to school I had the psych 101 class. I tell this to everybody. So I had the psych 101 class where I had the professor who told me he worked with kids on the autism spectrum. And I'm like, what the fuck? Because I've got two of them. Wait a minute. Yeah. Like I've just spent the last, I think they were like 10, between 10 and 12 years old at the time with no therapy intervention of any kind. I know my younger boy had some kind of like, I thought it was part of early education. They were doing it with him in, in kindergarten this program after school every day and I had no idea I had no idea that's what that was you had no idea what ABA was and you had two kids with autism <laughs> yes and then uh I think the insurance mandate didn't come across in Michigan until 2014 we didn't have it in place to fund 
ABA. So I, even if I did know, like I didn't have a lot of resources or access like financially or socially to even know yeah. that that was like an option. So you found ABA through that class. Is that where you learned it? I, well, I heard about it and then I did some research on it and then I ended up finding like my first tech job, not knowing what it was. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I fell in love with the science, like from that moment, I was like, I pivoted immediately. I changed my major. I went to psychology and then I went to behavior analysis. I, I was like blown away by it. Like this makes sense now. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. All right. So let's talk a little bit about, so you are, when did you become a BCBA? Um, 2019, I became Me a BCBA. Too. Yeah, nice. Twins. Yeah. Um, so you, um, and like, okay, so back up a little bit, or maybe not back up. I don't know when this comes into play, but let's talk about Canvas ABA and like your work with Mark Dixon. And what is this curriculum that I kind of alluded to in the intro, which had like, I was just like folded out. Of <laughs> yeah, this is what we need to talk about. This is cool. Yes. So tell us. Not that everything name. else you said isn't cool, but this is really cool. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, jumping into ABA, I thought so much of it was so creative. I was like, okay, I need to figure out how I can incorporate art somehow into this. And so I was going into my graduate program, already trying to do my research into it, trying to find articles or other behavior analysts who are doing it or doing some kind of research in it, finding nothing, really finding nothing. And so I, I made that my goal to utilize that as my dissertation. Unfortunately, by the end of my graduate degree, I couldn't find enough. I couldn't find enough research on it. And I was kind of disappointed and, and shelved that, but I was starting to take notes and like do my own research into like how I could dig into it later in the future. Then I end up going into my doctoral degree and there's now papers out like Maria Malat's doing research on cultural analysis and, and the, the behavior analysis of observing a figure painting like, is that Dick Malott's wife or no? Yes. Yeah. X. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. X. Oh. Yeah. So she does all of her research in the arts. I didn't know this. And then That's so cool. um, Mark Dixon's wife, um, Ruth Ann, I'm going to, I'm trying not to mask her name. Ruth Ann Redfelt, she does a lot of um, papers on the, the analysis of music. So I'm like, okay. And I started re reapproaching it. Um, doing my research, trying to find as many papers on it. I was going to devote like my dissertation towards research of this. And I end up taking um, Mark Dixon's, he does this relational frame theory course, mm -hmm. which I was interested in because I've already been in love with the peak programs. I was already at the point where I was like training the teams on how to use it at my workplace and um, doing my own reading of relational frame theory and all the books I can get on. And well, oh, actually, if any of our students are listening, we just taught um, a class on relational frame or we nice. included it into our class. And remember on our pre-interview? Yes. When you, I was like, give me your <laughs> elevator pitch right now of what it is. And I was like, mm -hmm. it's the vessel that guides stimulus equivalence. Yeah, Casey you, literally has used your exact speech. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Awesome. So you guys should thank her. Thank Natasha. I yeah. stole from her. I did give you credit, but. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But yeah, I, part of that course with um, Dr. Dixon was we were supposed to create like um, an objective plan where how we were going to disseminate the science of RFT and behavior analysis and what that looked like, like really systematizing, not systematizing, like a object, oh God, I can't think, but like creating the goals 
Yeah, we well, need objectives and goals. Right, goals. and yeah. all of us shared our projects with him and he was looking at this and he's like, this is like amazing. There's nothing like this out there. This is really, I'm pretty sure this was his words. This is really fucking cool. Awesome. <laughs> so I was like, nice. And so um, he he offered the option of, of publishing it with their new, their new publishing company. He renamed it Emergent Learning Press and um, review it with me on a weekly basis as I'm, as I'm writing it. So that's what we did for like the last year. Um, I was creating the the course from the top to bottom and he was evaluating it and helping me with the editing and, and kind of like checking like the fidelity of it, making sure things were accurate, making sure things made sense scientifically. And that mm-hmm. if I were to, you know, conduct a study on the efficacy of it, we could do it. Like everything would be solid. So we, I worked really hard on this thing, but what it does is it incorporates relational frame theory and incorporates the act of art to not only increase functional skills you normally would in an ABA setting with anything, but it also is meant to help increase the interest in art for kids because, you know, some of our kids who are autistic, they are really naturally creative. My younger boy, he's already like a huge TikToker and all this shit. <laughs> he's very creative. <laughs> Good, he can but, teach us. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's this TikTok is too. so stressful. It I mean, is. It is so different. Kind of stress in my life. It operates so differently than other social media. And he's been teaching me too. He's like, mom, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> you gotta do, he's so cool. But, um, you know, some people like him, they, they are born like ready to go and ready to create. And then there's some of our kids who, who just have no interest. It's highly aversive. So the idea of this program is to also, in, um, kind of expose them to, to things that might've been previously aversive, um, conditionally re- like reinforce it with things that are reinforcing for them, increasing the interest in, in engaging in those behaviors and engaging in art behaviors, because it's like, you know, it acts as a behavioral cusp to all these other things. Like they have more opportunities to learn, to communicate with their peers, to communicate their own thoughts and feelings, especially if they're non-vocal, right. Or, totally. um, they're, they're, it's opening a door to more interests that could enrich their life, that can make their life a little more fun and entertaining and, and meaningful. So that was the idea behind the book and what it's meant to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, I designed it to be able to be run with anyone of any age and any ability. I'm literally looking on the website now and it's so funny because I'm like, I'm usually wicked, wicked prepared, but we've had another couple podcasts today and I'm like doing this last minute. Um, and I was, I was like, I should have just scrolled down because that's literally <laughs> your entire bio is right on the bottom of this page. Oh, and no I, worries. <laughs> and I like, completely missed it and I just pulled some random shit, but it looks so cool. I'm looking at the like Canvas curriculum. So, and the website is beautiful, by the way. Um, Thank you. So you have like the initial assessment. So is it in a book form like Peak? Yes, it's very, very similar in the way With different it, programs it, like they have. Yeah, okay. yeah. So it has like a what I call the global assessment. So it has um, the indirect observation forms to get an idea from their parent on how how it looks for them creatively, like how creative they are, how they're thinking, um, Do they how they function, or engage with different like art right. materials. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it gives us kind of a baseline of where they are in each area, each domain of the, that, those creative abilities. And then, um, it has the direct observation forms. It has its own program. So you have, 
you literally could test those targets and they could be the programs. That's what um, I love. That's honestly what I love about Peak is that it gives you the programs. Like, yeah, yeah. If you're trying to achieve a goal and you know that that's a skill that are lacking. It's so hard for BCBAs. You don't right. have time to come up with all these programs. Like right. it literally says, okay, F5, go or whatever. I'm making up a random number, but yeah. they can't, you know, identify objects with, they can't tact objects. Like I'm going back to like the DT one, but that's the ones I know. But like, I can only imagine how cool this is for art. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, especially I so. someone that's not creative like me. I'm not a creative BCBA in the sense of like art. So like if I wanted, and I, I worked with adults and that so many of them loved art. Like we take them to watercolor classes. They would like want us to draw them Disney characters and post it all around their room. And like, so I totally see how this could be really beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of my session, because I love art, like, and I love arts and crafts supply. Like you could always find me, like whether I was a teacher, like, like hoarding any arts and crafts supplies or like, oh, this construction paper, I feel like I need to draw on it. Like, you know, I'd always be wherever the glitter is, whatever. But so I also like, I would always use a lot of art in my sessions just because, I mean, like there's just also so many opportunities. Like you could use a lag schedule for creativity. You could um, have them manding for different items they need along the way. You could have them like Acting working on, uh -huh. you could have them like working on like listener responding, like, hey, you draw me a line oh let's see what you could add to that that's really cool you know like there was just remember so what you many... did with livy and ellie you did like generalization like if they could draw like a heart with a red crayon can they draw a heart with a gray crayon like yeah there's just like exactly so like there's so many things that you could do and for me like i'm just happy if i'm around any art supplies so like a lot of my sessions ended <laughs> up there because like i'd be like all right i'm sit, i'm sit, uh, i'm sick of sitting at this like rainbow whatever pinto bean shaped table like doing nothing doing ddt like let's be have a little more fun over here mm -hmm. and it's just so cool i mean how long did this take you to put this together um about a year and a half yeah how many programs are in it oh god i'm trying to remember there's about Oh wait, I could probably find it online. I, I don't I don't think I put it in maybe I think 190. I'm trying to remember. Oh my god. There's yeah. 200 art lessons. So 100 of the there's a short form called flow and then there's the expand which are the full blown art lessons. So there's 200 so it should last anyone like a year or more. Um and then I because like you said Casey, you know, most of us might not have like grown up with that kind of experience. So I have a lot of guidance in the mm -hmm. book too, for how to, um, how to run the program, how to know what you're looking for. What supplies um, you need, I'm sure. Yeah, operationally yeah. defining the behavior mm -hmm. so that it's not like you have to be an artist to know that or, or be creative in any way, honestly, to know that. Yeah. Um, but it, it's also showing you how to create your own lessons too. Like, cause everything, honestly, it goes back to the behavior analytic, um, like a task scope. analysis or something yeah like how what are you trying to achieve and and then you're just deciding okay what materials do you need that applies to that or ideas that apply to that it's very much rft no matter what um and everyone listening rft is relational frame theory and i know it's like we're talking about it a it's lot a vessel of <laughs> it's a vehicle that drives to me that's what i meant uh, <laughs> but like as you guys all like a lot of our listeners are in their grad program or even BCBAs, right? And like, I passed my BCBA exam before RFT was even on the task list or in anyone was not talking about this at all. Um, 
but it, it is taking it to the, that stimulus equivalence to the next level with like the non-equivalence and things that are not the same. Um, and it's those frames can go on forever and ever. So we, it's not, we, I always tell our students when we did teach stimulus equivalence, even before we learned RFT, like a, it's stimulate a, B and C. And I'm like, it can be so many more, but they yeah. get so fused. And I was too, that it had, it can only be the spoken word, written word in the, um, what was it? Like the picture of it. That's all I can have for stimuli or I cannot answer these questions. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it's so interesting to like really learn about this. Right. It's like all about the flexibility. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing too. Art and context. Is, right. Exactly. And art's such a great format for that. Like totally. it's such a great vehicle for that. And it allows for like, um, I can only imagine it can also teach tolerance and making mistakes. And yes. Flexibility. Rigidity. Yeah. Like, not giving up just because you drew a line the wrong way. Like I can see myself and that's a trait I have. Like if I messed up, I would just be like, oh, I'm done. Like rip it up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. That's a huge part of it too. There's a lot of guidance on that because they will encounter that. Those like exactly what we're trying to work on. So that, that rigidity yesterday when I was drawing with Liv, my niece, it's like she had like the study notes concept and shit, notebook, whatever. And she was trying to copy all the pictures off the front or like, no, she'd have me draw them and then she'd color them in. But oh, she like would copy and stuff, yeah. Yeah, so she copied the exact color. So like on the one thing, uh, she didn't have the exact color, and so she had colored it in another one. And she's like, "I need to start all over again." I was like, "Are you kidding? You've literally done all these different." And, I mean, this is a child who doesn't have autism. Like it's just like, you know, like, like it's yeah, just a it's thing. A I mean, yeah, totally. But so it's like she doesn't even have that level of rigidity. Like Liv's actually like very flexible, especially compared to her twin. But you could see like how important that lesson is. And I mean, it, it brings me back to like any of my art teachers growing up. Like I, like that's like such like a art teacher thing to be like, that's not a mistake. That's amazing. Are you <laughs> kidding? Yeah. That is a unicorn horn you added to your son, you know, or whatever it is. And it's like, it, it's, especially for individuals who work with who are rigid. It's just so important. Mm -hmm. I think this would be like an amazing, I'm just thinking about my, for Casey, for me to (laughs) practice some flexibility. Um, I've got, I'm, I like really do feel like I'm getting better. Like, okay. Just think of today, Leah, what I've done. I've been rolling with the fact that like we were barely prepared for either one of these podcasts. And I like am so chill. You are so (laughs) chill. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i like literally the chillest i'm just like yeah yolo i just like pulled up a random thing online like totally. yeah. didn't even have a bio ready and it worked out beautifully i've learned to <laughs> practice some more flexibility um but anyways yes uh what was i gonna say oh i was gonna say i'm thinking about my old program that i worked for and this would be such an amazing resource because also so many of the rbts were so creative like when you work with adults like you need to be creative first yeah. of all and i would when i was a clinical director i'd see them sitting around the table a lot doing art they would just like come up with their own cool like things and like but there was no kind of um and i hate saying this because this is just my very analytic brain i'd be like what is the goal though what are like the i I love that you're doing this but like if we're providing aba treatment i need there to be goals and like data and like something like Mm -hmm. that was just like i love play and i think it's so important but there also has to be a form of therapy and, a, and an intent to accomplish things. So just for me, it's helping me right now being like, yeah. oh, I would have known all these things that Leon even just listed or you just listed that you can work on while doing art. I would have been 
way more flexible and allowing right. them more time to engage in things that they love to do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. I was like, no, you guys got to go to your job and clean the gym today. Like <laughs> you're like, I hate you. I'm like, that's your goal. That's your volunteer goal of the day. Like, oh God. Or like shredding so paper. That's the worst. Was wor- I was the worst. And alphabetizing oh, shit. It's like, oh my God, that was the biggest goal I worked on. I'm like, I don't even alphabet- alphabetize. Why is this a goal? But it was the area agency gave me the goal and I had to do it. And that is what's wrong. Oh. Yeah. But anyway, mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot. Oh, wrong, we could go there. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so this so, is just super cool. I want to know who. So you have this, we'll definitely put it in the show notes, like where you could purchase this curriculum. Canvasaba.com. It will also go in the show notes. Yes. Um, but who can use this? I, I think that, well, obviously B2Bs, right. But I, I wanted to make it so that even if teachers wanted to try to use it, they can, um, even our teachers, if they wanted to use it for their kids that are, um, special needs that are neurodiverse and they don't know what to do. This is like so much more strategic and, and it's, going to help them create some goals for them that make sense. Um, I think it's good for parents. There's a lot of, I try to make it as simple to understand and learn as possible. I don't think you need to get super wordy and um, technical. So I try to keep it technological though. Try to keep it technological. Yeah. Just not um, assholey. Yeah. Not assholey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So for parents, um, they want to run that as well. I think they could do it too. Um, so I try to, I try to design it for everybody. Now I have a quick question as the data person that I am and I'm familiar with peak, but is there like the same kind of, is it the same type of data collection that peak is? Yeah. Yeah. That's hot. So- That's hot. Yeah. <laughs> That data is sexy. It's my favorite part of I everything I do. So there's, there's like rubrics and fidelity checks. There's, um, is there a triangle? There is not a triangle. Okay, that's okay. I, I, <laughs> I actually, I actually hated the triangle, but that's <laughs> Yeah, no, there's just a simple graph. It's similar to like, I don't know, um, maybe more like a, a VB map visual, but it's just very easy oh, like, to yeah. input. I love the um, VB map visual. Yeah. I love yeah. coloring that shit in. Yeah. So I've made it easy to color in. <laughs> oh my God. Generalizing your art to coloring in boxes. <laughs> Love it. But it has like the global assessment sheet takes all the data you take from the direct test, the, the indirect observations, um, any direct observations you're doing and scoring things. It's like a scoring sheet. So it gives you the total and then it gives you an idea of like there's three levels that I base all the programming off of like what level that kid is creatively, um, skill wise that you're going to, you know, accommodate or adjust any programs to. Um, and it helps you figure out what that result is and what we're looking at. It gives you a baseline so that we can, you know, track the progress. Um, but yeah, so lots cool. of data, um, data, to, there's one to make sure that, uh, technicians are implementing it correctly, that they're following the guidelines to make sure that they're being flexible, that they're encouraging flexibility. Cause that's going to be tricky at first to learn, mm-hmm. um, that is, I just think this is amazing. I really do. I think that it's something, again, there is nothing out there like this. Yeah. And it seems like even reinforcing for the therapist. Like yeah. I know that like, it's not always the funnest to do assessments. I, I get it. And this seems like a really fun, creative way to, and I'm, you know, of course we have to do those other ones. Absolutely. But why can't we also have some fun and 
be a little bit more laid back and allow for that inflexibility or flexibility. Yeah. <laughs> working on the inflexibility and creative and see just what happens. Like, right. What yeah. comes out of that when you just are allowed to have some creativity and not be so rigid? Right. Exactly. And I made it that way too, where they could, you know, combine it with anything else that they're normally using. They could use it as just a group related program, or they could use it as a social skills program. So my old program, they also run a, um, at like an after school, um, social skills group for, um, less support people that need um, less supports. And, um, I'm going to send this to them. Like they need to get this immediately because she's the late girl. My friend who runs it is so creative, but she gets so tired trying to come up with projects all the time. Like I've talked to her recently. She's like, I'm like, you're so creative though. She's like, yeah, but it's all not, it's like my extra job. It's not like my main job. She like runs, she's like the admin of the office. I'm going to be like, you need have them buy this for you guys. And this will help you coming up with ideas. So that's awesome. Nice. Yeah. Utilize for so many different things. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you for putting this out there on the market because, again, there's nothing like it. Yeah, thank you. I hope I hope I'm getting lots of awesome feedback from people who are using it now. I'm just floored. Honestly, some of the things I'm seeing coming out of these centers mm -hmm. are like 100 times better than my examples that I posted in our group. I have a Facebook group for um, support and like feedback and Oh, good. And Send like it to that. me so I can put it in the show. Yeah, out. yeah. Cool. But yeah, the, the people are implementing it above and beyond what I was expecting them to. Well, so. then you need a volume two. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> that's awesome. But that's really, see, you're seeing exactly what, how people can be creative. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely. Really awesome. It's exciting. I love it. I mean, that's a huge accomplishment too, to put an entire curriculum together. Curriculum together. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're constantly evolving ours at study notes. And so mm -hmm. it's a lot of work. It is. And it's hard not to get burnt out. It just, right. it just oh, is. Yeah, totally agree. <laughs> And one of those people that wants to keep creating and going and going. I already, I've already had like two other ideas that I'm in the process of writing and I don't know when I'm going to be done with them, but I can't stop. <laughs> Welcome to the study notes team. That's literally <laughs> us every day. We're like, we, well, sometimes I find us struggling to like, we'll do so many big goals and ideas and creativity that I'm like, wait, there's still like a shitload of like little things on our to-do list yeah. we need to get done that like, but we're always dreaming of new things and bigger ideas and like, mm -hmm. it's just... I, I don't know. It's and Liat's like the, that definite creative vessel. And I'm more of like the, okay, we still have shit to get done today. That like needs to get done. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need to be creating. You need to be creating. Mm -hmm. That is what lights you up. Um, you cannot be just stagnant. And when you, it's so funny. Cause like, even if there's a thing that I know she doesn't want to do her entire being changes, her face changes, her body language changes. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh God, she just needs to be keep creating. Keep having those <laughs> great ideas. Yeah, and Casey's like, when I finally am like on a roll on one of them, she's like, like the other day, like we're, <laughs> we're sitting finally and like writing mock questions. Mm -hmm. And when I'm finally focused, I, I can make up. like amazing ones. Like she, I can make she's them. Like, should like, I make one on this? I'm like, yeah, you should definitely make one on that. Uh-huh. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, this girl has herpes for sure. This is a good <laughs> question. And then Casey's like, she like tries reinforcing my behavior. So she's like, I love that you're sitting right now and doing this. Oh my God. Keep I going. I love wow. your body language. Look how <laughs> wow, focused wow. you are. And then if I see her like slowly, like phone creeping, I'm like, put the phone down, put the phone down. Here we are. Stay yeah, focused. <laughs> I know how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. Creating but, energizes me. That's all I want to do. Really, and that's, I think something as practitioners, you need to also be aware of is I get really hung up in like, and especially when I was, um, 
working in the clinic, like on all like the data and the billing and the blah, 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 blah. But being mm-hmm. able to like also have that creativity for yourself too. Like maybe like for me, I always listen to like ABA podcasts. I'm like, I started listening to Glennon Doyle. I've said this before on the podcast, but and it's, <laughs> it's like so out of like my like analytic realm, but yeah. I'm like, it actually lights me up and teaches me a lot of like inner work that I need to be doing. And like, I feel like I have more to bring to conversations than I do just to be this like behavior analyst who, you know, let's talk about yeah. reinforcement and blah, 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 blah. Right. And so it's important to have those interests outside of just your job. Mm-hmm. So many life lessons, Natasha, you know, just so much. <laughs> yes, for sure. If these are like it. car talk. It's like a car talk right now. I, love this. <laughs> I feel very like personal with you. Most people are in like offices and like have nice. You're just like yeah. chilling. I love it. It's like we're chilling. sitting in the car together. Yeah. I love it. We should do like car karaoke. Hey, there you go. I used to. Well, you said you were a singer, right? (laughs) I was. I love that. Yeah. Well, Natasha, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us today and sharing your creative art story and your. I know you probably didn't want my this whole podcast is like shitting on my family, so don't worry. Like, don't feel bad. (laughs) I'm like, no one listened to this that I'm related to. Thank you. (laughs) But yeah, so. I know. Awesome. Thank you, Natasha. It was nice to finally get this done. Yes. Yeah, it was amazing. I, no, I, yeah, I just, I was really excited about this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we had to like reschedule before and all this stuff. And I was like, no, Casey, this is cool. Anything having <laughs> to do with art, I love. So thank you. Thank you and so anything, much that, and anything that has to do yeah. with peak in ABA, I love. So like you yeah. combined Liat and I into this like favorite thing. Yeah. I think you'll love it when you see it. It's, I'm so excited. Yeah. Sweet. Well, thank you, I'm, Natasha. Get back to work. I know you're like on your lunch yes, break. Yes, getting not fired today. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not fired today. Live to live another day, girl. Thank yes. you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Natasha. All right, guys, you know where to find us. You could find us on Instagram at Behavior Bitches Podcast, Facebook at Behavior Bitches Podcast. Go to our website, behaviorbitches.com, and go ahead and subscribe to our newsletter because we've actually finally got our shit together three years later and there's something to subscribe to and you'll be getting some sneak peeks into what's coming up the week before they actually come out on the podcast we're putting this out to the universe so it actually happens hey yeah we are we have someone helping us we're gonna get this shit done rough (laughs) (laughs) meow all right guys well As always, love ya. Mean it. Hey guys, it's Liat. And Casey. We just want to take a second to let you know that if you're thinking of being a millennial like us and starting your own podcast, there is a way. You can do your show without having to become an audio editing and production wizard. Because guess what? We don't know shit with that. But we have Alan at Pretty Easy Podcast who help us get started. He records our shows. He posts them. He adds awesome, awesome music and cool shit when we don't even know what he's doing. He sends us teaser episodes. He does it all. We just sit here and friggin' talk. We shoot the shit and you can record from home, your office, the park, a bathroom stall at work. It doesn't matter. He provides the complete podcast studio. All you need is a microphone and you're good. 
Alan caters to your schedule and gives you a producer for your show at your beck and call. He has been super flexible with our schedule. Whenever we need him, we go to Google Calendar. We just book him and he does all the hard work. It's like so incredibly easy. That's why it's probably called Pretty Easy Podcast. So be heard and have some fun podcasting like us. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today. Today. 